you're listening to Not The Queen's English, the podcast where we talk about all things to do with British English and life in the UK. My name's Holly. And I'm Murray. And this week we're talking about Eurovision. Were you excited? Because I am. So excited. <laughs> and normally that's where I'd say, but first, mm-hmm. some current events. But, but this is current events. It is. <laughs> it, it is. These events are current. Uh, we must talk about them. Yeah, it's the talk of the town. Mm. Um, so yeah, Eurovision is going to be in the UK. This yeah, year. unbelievably. Not because we won, which in a way feels sort of fitting that we get to host it without actually having won. It, yeah. it feels sort of our level. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah. We came second last year, which is the best we've done in ages. Yeah. So I think the last time we won, was it 97 or 98? Mm. Um, the, the last time we won is the year that May Muller, this year's... Um, UK entrant uh, was born so uh, yeah and and it's not as though we've sort of come close in the intervening years really we've had uh, a series of nil point um, oh my god and uh, that is some extremely key vocab it must be said nil point is like one of the only French phrases that a lot of British people can say (laughs) and it is one of it's the first thing that a lot of people say when you mention Eurovision because we well, I don't know, like, I keep wanting to say, like, because we always do it terribly at Eurovision. I'm aware that this is a bit of a generational thing. So you're saying last time we won was 97, mm. when, you know, you and I, I'm not sure, I think I vaguely remember 97, but it was sort of the cusp of our sort of conscious lives, <laughs> as it were. Um, so, like, for the whole time that we've been, like, consciously aware of Eurovision, we haven't won. No. Um, and it's become sort of almost like um, like proverbial. The Britain's bad performance mm. at Eurovision has become almost proverbial. Um, and like it's hard to overstate just what a difference it's made, the fact that we did well I last know. year. Like it's because people used to treat Eurovision as like I mean, it was always a big deal. People always watched it. but it I was... think it's like when people are like, oh, I've not done any work for my exams. <laughs> I think we we try and pretend we're sort of too cool for Eurovision. And we'd be yeah. like, oh, you know, it's just rubbish music. And like, over and just, you know, all the countries just vote for their political allies. Oh my God, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, especially like post-Brexit, what hope did we have <laughs> of anyone voting for us? But mm. we then, Sam Ryder, God bless him, uh, did very well yeah. and now there's this kind of strange thing where it's like oh Eurovision is kind of silly and fun and camp but we are going to take it seriously yeah. because we we came so close which I get the impression is how it's treated in most other countries mm. that it's like it's yeah it's seen as a seen as a bit like camp and silly but it's like you know it's not it's not a total joke in the way that I mm. feel like when we were younger pe- people talked about it um, but yeah, I so that that is the, the sort of main sort of cultural background against which mm. this is taking place. But I thought it would be helpful if we just ran through some of like the big Eurovision moments or like the things that most people in the UK will associate with Eurovision and particularly with Britain's performance mm. in Eurovision. Well, I think the the key thing to say is that what what really makes Eurovision in the UK is the commentary. Oh yeah. yeah. So. Um, the the late uh, Irish broadcaster Terry Wogan used to um, provide the yeah the sort of voiceover for when mm. you're watching it, um, and now it's Graham Norton, another Irish, another Irish broadcaster, <laughs> which doesn't help this whole confusion that people have about whether or not Ireland is like part of the UK or like the same thing as the UK. Yeah, like, oh, you know, British um, people like Graham Norton, and like it's like basically no. because you hear Graham Norton because he has such a prominent role in British culture, you hear Graham Norton talking about like. 
we Brits are like referring mm. to Brit- which I think for a lot of Irish people must sound really weird because you know that yeah is... well I don't think he ever says we Brits no, but I think he mean, just I... says like oh we're going to do well this year yeah um... well, I, I have heard him say things where I've thought gosh Irish people I've met in the past would never have dreamed <laughs> of saying anything like that um, so yeah it's quite a weird dynamic he's a national treasure well it's true um, he's, he is a national treasure but that is you know, I like the music is fine, the show is fine, <laughs> but having the commentary yeah. is what makes it. And especially because so I guess true. now you can go on Twitter and you can get everyone's hot take, but before <laughs> that was really a thing, mm. having this sort of running commentary that's kind of slightly derogatory and oh, yeah. just just making a few sort of like catty comments uh, and having a few drinks along the way yeah. <laughs> uh, is is really what kind of makes it feel just like a really fun night. It's worth looking up a clip actually particularly of Terry Wogan's commentary because it's quite difficult to describe the tone of it mm. because it's not you know, it's not totally, like, cracking jokes all the time no. or being, like, really, like, nasty or sarcastic or anything. It's just this, like, faintly sort of eye-rolling... Um... We're just sounding a bit, like, baffled about yeah. it, which I think a lot of people do feel because yes. all sorts of stuff happens at Eurovision. Yeah. Um, well, this is the thing, because, like, humour often doesn't really travel very well and a lot of the songs that are submitted are sort of novelty acts. Mm. So something that's, like, really funny to finish people is then being, you know, broadcast across the whole... Mm. Of Europe and Australia for some reason. And Australia. <laughs> and Israel. And Israel. Um, um, and Turkey or Turkey in it as well? I don't know, but Azerbaijan are in it. Yeah, so yeah, it's a, it's an interesting sort of geographical... Definition of Europe, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, anyway, that's that's a big geographical area for sort of like weird in-jokes, um, to, you know, like dust in the Turkey or whatever. Oh, poor <laughs> <travel>. island. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so just having someone um, sort of commenting on it, sort of sharing that sense of bafflement with you, mm. um, yeah, that's a big part of the experience for people watching in the UK. Yeah, because you're just like, and there's always this thing, I think Graham Norton has a rule of like, I don't know if it's after the seventh song or something, he said like, that. the one bit of advice that Terry Wogan gave him was, don't start drinking until after <laughs> the seventh song, because it's a long night, oh, and yeah. you don't want to well, be... Well, that's the point as well, something that... I, I don't know how common this is to other countries' experience, but really in the UK, most people only watch the, the grand finale of Eurovision. Yeah, people don't tend to watch the sort of semi-finals and stuff. They have started broadcasting them more recently, but yeah. I, it's not. It's kind of more of a niche interest, I think. And I think a lot of people in the UK are sort of baffled and surprised to find out that, that Eurovision is this like months-long process in lots of countries. Well, that's the thing, because this is, the, the, here are some key ways that we differ from other countries entering Eurovision. One, we have a guaranteed place in the final. So we're part of, is it the big five or something? It's like us and Germany yeah. a couple of other countries where like, no matter how miserably awful our song <laughs> is, we will still... We have a guarantee. This place is why in the final. it's been such a bitter, embarrassing experience for us so many times, I guess, because we put in these songs that are we're so. We're just phoning awful. it in and yeah. we still get into the Daz final. Samson, guaranteed place in the oh final. Oh my god, yeah, it's not so right, it's, is it? No, it's not right. So I think that's partly led to a sense of sort of complacency mm. uh, in previous years. So, like, yeah, that is something that's different. Also, we don't have adverts during Eurovision because it's broadcast ah. on the BBC. So, actually, that's, that's something interesting this year that it's going to be broadcast on the BBC again mm. but as in like they're hosting it and I wonder if in other countries if it will cut if they'll just cut away to ad breaks anyway or if 
if it will just keep going because we they sort of lay on various things <laughs> that only get broadcast to the UK because we don't have adverts. Oh, what all that stuff that's like drone footage of like Bratislava or whatever. No, I think I think they have that, but certain sort of filler sections, like when they go and talk to people backstage. Oh, right. I think that's where they always talk to them in English. I know that like most of the oh. show is in English generally, and the kind of language of the host country. But yeah, they come and do all those like cringy interviews. Oh, they're so and we're the cringy. Only people seeing it. So cringy. So the vibe of it is always like sort of um, I don't know, like like a mingle event, an, an Erasmus night or something. Oh. Do you know what I mean, just people people having like extremely banal banter in slightly broken English. Oh yeah, that's the thing because everyone else is able to speak English, but obviously people in the UK. Uh, are very Cats poor at languages uh, and so yeah we always just expect like we're yeah. going to interview people and they'll just like have to speak to us in English which is you know talk about putting people on the spot I know. Um, but yeah it's um, so yeah I think our, our experience of Eurovision is kind of strange anyway the another key difference is that we the way that the Eurovision entrant is chosen is a very strange process mm. because it's all very sort of cloak and dagger. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's a brilliant way of describing it. <laughs> In recent years, they've they've got some. I think they've approached a record label or like a kind of music production company who have found artists to represent. So they're the people who found Sam Ryder, and the BBC have worked with them again this year. This is a sign to of find May Muller. This is a sign of how seriously it's now taken because they used to let the public decide, and they've obviously realised that that is a well. No-go. They used to come up with some sort of mad shortlist, and then there was a show called Eurovision Making Your Mind Up Mm. which is a reference to the classic Eurovision winning Bucks Fizz uh, entry for the UK Making Your Mind Up uh, where they whip off the skirts and they've got shorter skirts underneath which I hadn't realised because I I went and looked it up do you know what what line of the song they whip off the skirts uh, if you want to see some more exactly Quite clever, Try isn't and it? look as if you don't care less, but if you want to see some more, whoop! yeah, yeah, that's the sort of. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there was there was a show where uh, they sort of narrowed people down, and I don't know how long that went on for. Only for a few years. I mainly remember a very heavily pregnant Katie Price, aka Jordan, oh, my goodness. performing on that, and yes. I also remember the moment when uh, the sort of La La Land moment when I think was it Terry. <gasps> Terry Wogan and possibly Fern Cotton. Oh, God. Uh, maybe Joe Wiley. Mm. Mm. Uh, one of... The, they each said a different person who had been... So I think that one of them said... It might have been the year of Scooch, actually, that someone said really? Scooch and some and the other presenter said a different artist and then they had to sort of try and clarify. I see you don't remember the name of the other artist. They clearly didn't go on to great things. Well, I don't know. It's, it is hard to remember the people uh, who were... Yeah, it's hard the to remember the people being, who actually were the entrants. Well, yeah, there's, there's been some sort of strange things but I know in other countries you know there's there's sort of there's often like the equivalent of a show like The X Factor but the prize is you get to represent yeah. your country in Eurovision well like I remember in Spain the year that was it? Just, I guess it was just last year with Chanel. Mm. Um, there was a huge deal, um, like on Spanish Twitter. Um, people were really into. There was that other um, group who sang in all the different regional mm. languages of Spain, and then there was. Rico I know you Bertina. were. I know you were gutted about them not getting through, but I did love Chanel. Oh yeah, no, she was no regrets. On fire. Um, you know, she's a Bugatti. She. Is. Um, but yeah, it's, it was such a huge deal, and like people had really strong opinions about who it should be, mm. and like the people who didn't become the. The, the submission were are still have like a following and are famous mm. um, which yeah just it just isn't like that in the UK at all no and even the, so I, I, some sort of memorable examples I, I can think of of uh, 
of them being like, I think it was after a few successive years of nul point, uh, <laughs> they, they were like, okay, we, do, we need to do something about this. This is mortifying. So one of the things that they thought, who's, who's like a bastion oh, no. of, um, of contemporary musical taste? I know, Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> Who do the young people like? Yeah, so they got Andrew Lloyd Webber to write um, a song for Jade Ewan? Ewan? Ewing? Jade Ewan. Ewan, yeah. Uh, who... I think at that point hadn't been in the Sugar Babes, but after uh, <laughs> after appearing on Eurovision, then became a member of Sugar Babes for I don't know eighteen months, two years, something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, her song "It's My Time," which to be fair, I still often have in my head because it's so silly. Oh, it's such a dirge! It is I, a dirge. Couldn't, I couldn't tell you the tune. I'm not convinced it has one. Oh well, I would sing it to you, but you know, no, nobody needs to hear that's that. Okay. But, um, so yeah, that was one of the things. Another one was they thought, well, who's really popular in Europe? And that's how we came to have Engelbert Humperdinck as the Eurovision entry. No, when was that? Oh, I don't know. Probably like sort of some some point between 2008 and 2012 would be my uh, God, guess. God, I've completely blanked that. Out. I think it's for the best. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then sort of thinking like, oh, who, who do the Europeans like? I know. Uh, oh. And to be fair to him, I think he might have got into the, like, the top 15 or okay. something. Um, well, remember as well, they, they chose somewhat you know, an act who was actually successful in the UK. Blue. Blue, yeah. Mm. I think that's probably the only time that's ever happened. Well, well in recent memory, in recent, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Like, Blue were pretty big in the mm. early noughties, um, but, I, yeah, I don't think they, they did. They did okay, did I they? think. Okay. But, yeah, they, they, we weren't sort of down... I think we were probably on the left side of the table. This is the thing. We, we There's definitely this popular belief in the UK that we just get, like, nul point every single time mm. but it's that it's quite rare for that to happen to anyone um well okay it's not that rare but mm. like it, it, it it's not as bad as all that we really didn't do that badly <laughs> well i suppose it's more sort of culturally because <laughs> they they pick they might so they might pick an artist that people like for example blue mm. but it doesn't necessarily mean that the song is one that people are interested in this is the thing I'm it's sure the I've eurovision people, song contest yeah i'm sure i've heard um not the eurovision best friend i was just gonna say that <laughs> i'm sure i um saw a thing about how someone's saying about Mae Muller's song for this year, you know, oh, I can, you know, I can already imagine it being played on Radio 1. Mm. Now, surely it's the bare minimum that a song that we're putting forward for the Eurovision should be played on the radio. It's recognisable as a pop song. (laughs) But it's not been the case in previous years. The songs just haven't haven't really like charted even in the UK. Um, I felt so bad for um, your man... Who? What's his name? The, someone famous jo- as brother, James Newman. Yeah. I I stand by feeling that he was much maligned. Yeah, and I thought that song sounded totally plausible. I mean, maybe yeah, I've listened to it a lot. Yeah, I think it maybe sounded a bit like chart music from about three years before the year that it was maybe submitted. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Um, but you know, even so, I thought that was very harsh because he literally did get no part didn't he yeah I think so oh gosh yeah and then having to quarantine yes (laughs) because it was during Covid so to sit in a hotel room for 10 days and just think about the fact that nobody voted for you pretty harsh isn't it so but you know times have changed (laughs) yes so much I love the song I've listened to it a lot Mm. it is you know it is a bit of a banger it's it's um I don't know it's quite American sounding, which I think is interesting for a... Because she says all this stuff about, um, I, I was going to cuss you out outside your house, which we just don't really say cuss no, you out. We, I, I must admit, like, 
So I'm someone who would like the rule to be that you have to sing in your own language at Eurovision. Mm. I, I think it would be unfair given that English just is very culturally dominant. I can understand why they don't uh, have so that yeah, rule. In the pop charts, there's a lot of English. Yeah. Yeah. But I would, I would, as part of that, I would like the rule to be if you're the UK's entry, you have to not say things like cuss you out. <laughs> you know, we we are champions of all the mad, obscure, weird things that British people say. Yeah, I and know. Nice what to could hear you, that. She, she could have said, oh, I was going to throw a, right a wobbly. <laughs> <laughs> went quite different into the spectrum. Yeah, we did. She went whimsical. I went sort of gross. Um, uh, but yeah, do you know what I mean? There's so, there's so many. And an absolute paddy outside your gap. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, but it is it is a good song. Yeah. Um, having looked at the odds, um, we've we've slipped slightly. So um, oh. we are sort of predicted by the bookies to come tenth. Okay. Sweden is still um, odds on favourite. And are they, are they submitting Lorene again? Yeah. I think that's a bit cheeky, personally. But there you go. Well, I think we've submitted Cliff Richard more than once. Oh, but that's different. <laughs> There's no keeping him down. Imagine if he came back. Imagine if he was like, I want to do it again as a sort of, you know, (laughs) I was going to say farewell to his career, but I meant in like a nice way. A sort of... um, To round it off nicely. Yeah, Yeah. to think like, you know, my end is my beginning. I mean, people love a bit of nostalgia, but I think most people who watch Eurovision are probably under 40. And I think a lot of people just would not know who Cliff Richard was. They wouldn't respond well to... uh, you know, a bit of cheese from Cliff Richard. But no. And I'm sure that other nations have tried this where they've put in a sort of veteran. I was about to say, like, Johnny Halliday, but I don't think... No, there's well, a, there's a famous example of some, like, absolute veteran being put in, I'm sure, and really doing badly, but I can't Oh, know, that's can't sad, remember, isn't it? It's it? not fair. No. Um, this is the thing. You, you're submitting yourself to p- potential humiliation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because um. that's the thing, you can't be like, well, at least nobody saw. It's like, everybody no, saw. It's... Even Australia saw now. <laughs> Even Australia. Well, you know, there's um. like people across the entire... Well, I think they watch it in America now, too. I think there's like a bit of a cult following. Well, this is the thing, because we haven't, we haven't really explained what the Eurovision Song Contest is, but I don't think it really needs much introduction. I think people know... Mm. What it, I mean, especially, you know, since the Will Ferrell movie... Um, oh yeah, that's surprisingly good. Yeah. They're set in Edinburgh, um, which is kind of funny for people who live in Edinburgh because it involves things like, oh, I turned a corner of this street in Edinburgh. Oh, and now I'm in Glasgow. Uh, yeah. But you know, it's um, artistic license. Yeah, we, we wish Edinburgh had a, a Eurovision ready music venue. Uh, yeah, oh, <laughs> it is. It's a bit sad because the the two uh, cities that fought to be the uh, Eurovision hosts uh, were. Liverpool and Glasgow um, and I'm not saying we would have gone if it was in Glasgow but it would have been exciting knowing it was just over the road. Yeah but I'm happy for Liverpool Yeah, partly I'm because of them. seeing so much content on social media and just generally with Scouse accents Yeah that's been really nice It's just a great joy. Well I suppose we should just say that so the reason that it's being held in the UK despite the fact that we didn't win is not another example of us trying to cheat <laughs> and trying to have an unfair advantage yeah. um, so Ukraine won mm. um, but it can't be held in Ukraine um, obviously so because we came second then we I guess we were the sort of default choice Um, so it's going to be hosted by two British 
presenters and one Ukrainian presenter, that's my understanding. Mm. So, yeah. And I think there's going to be, like, a lot of nods to Ukraine across the night. I think it's... Yeah. But... Yeah. It, so it, it is kind of a strange thing, isn't it? That, like, a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, you know, really excited. But it it's... Uh, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> like everything in the world at the moment. Your excitement has to be tempered by, you know, the terrible reality well, underlying yeah. it. I think... That that sort of applies to lots of things that you might be excited about. Well, yeah, that's true. Not to, uh, you know. Yeah, thank you. For, um, the, so the the host choice is interesting because I I think it's always something that is very difficult. My my sort of stereotype I have of like the hosts in other European countries is that they'll be two like absolutely beautiful mm. like sort of seven foot four <laughs> like unbelievable glamazons, yeah, yeah, who kind of have a fixed smile throughout and are clearly trying to hold the show together yeah. while there's like some guy who might be a comedian oh. who's sort of trying to make jokes yeah. uh, and so it's this like strange combination of like the beautiful women having to say things like um oh this is a wonderful show and it's about peace and the love of music it's very sort of miss world the sort of banality yes. is that happened to come yes. out with and then the guys making funny jokes I say funny jokes. Yeah. I'm doing air quotes, but you can't tell. Um, <laughs> I think people can tell. People can tell. And, uh, yeah, the women are kind of having to humour him. Mm. As far as I know, it's not going to be like that for us because we've got, we're, um, we've got two female presenters from the UK. Oh, so okay. Alicia Dixon, mm. uh, formerly of the band Mystique. Mm. Formerly um, a Strictly Come Dancing judge. Uh, and contestant. And, a, and I was going to say formerly, but maybe still a judge on Britain's Got Talent. Oh. Hannah Waddingham, uh, West End musical star, extraordinary singer, actor. My only knowledge of Hannah Waddingham is from her being a judge on Drag Race. And she was so, and she was so nice. nice. She was so supportive yeah. and kind. Uh, so I think, you know, I think they should do a, a good job. Um, the, my, my sort of... Because I always just aim to be talking. Like, I never listen to the presenters mm. because... I find it really cringe. My impression is that always that it's like the teleprompter script has just been written by a committee. Mm. Um, so it's like extremely unnatural. They always make jokes that aren't funny and it's like, yeah, just very, very bland. So, but you don't think that's going to happen? Or well, is it just I the gender dynamic you're thinking I'm think, more thinking of the gender dynamic. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. I think... I, <laughs> I think there will be... I think you sort of have to be... Because you're you're hosting a show in front of, like, what, 40 million people or something that's live, that, like, so many elements could go wrong. Yeah. That they must... It must be an extremely stressful Well, it's job like the Oscars, them. isn't it? People always go on about how bad the Oscars... Mm. Like, the actual ceremony is, and it always, like, runs over. Mm. And, yeah. Given that it's, yeah, like, <clears throat> meant to be celebrating the best in cinematography. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I'm very excited to see is who delivers the scores um, for the UK, because that's one of the, the great <laughs> highlights. When they ring round, you know, when they're like oh, you know, Bucharest calling or what have you. Yeah. And then you get to see somebody, often somebody who represented that country six mm. years ago and no one remembers, and they sing their song. <laughs> or they make like a ref- like a joking reference to their song and no one knows Yeah, they're, they're like, I'm here about. to party tonight. And everyone's like, cool. And there's always a three-second delay. Yeah. Oh, 
Um, but I'm, yeah, I wonder who ours is going to be. Because we've had some great ones. We've had Nigella Lawson. Oh. I know. We had Mel Goodroyd, who can speak French. So she. <laughs> we had she, Amanda um, Holden, who can't. Who can't speak, who didn't know the difference between French and Dutch, and oh. you loved it. <laughs> yeah, I can't For, for the why. camp value. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had the lovely AJ Odudu. AJ Odudu. With the most beautiful accent. Oh. She, she was our uh, rep last year, so. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I wonder who we're going to have. I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. Mm. I, might, I might even watch the semi-final this year, um, depending oh, on when it's when it's on. Yeah, we probably should. Yeah, I really like the idea of building up to it and it being a big deal rather than yeah. just sort of you know coming into it cold. Well, you know, it's like Christmas. It's all about the build-up. So why should your vision be any different? So true. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so as usual, I've uh, picked some sort of words and phrases mm. uh, that I want to specifically teach. Uh, and I've come up with some example sentences, some Eurovisional uh, example sentences. That's right. Have I, and have I said any of them so far? Um, no. Oh, well, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe it's not good. Maybe that shows that these are terrible examples <laughs> that nobody uses in natural conversations well, about your vision. You haven't, <laughs> you haven't said the actual things, but some of the sort of um, subject matter that I wanted to prompt with them, I think we've probably already covered. Okay, right. Go for it. Well, my first one is to play a blinder. Okay. And I think this, we don't need to talk about this much because I think we've already covered mm. this. Um, so my example was... We have a long history of submitting fairly crap songs for Eurovision, but we really played a blinder with Sam Ryder. Aww. <laughs> so you play a blinder is just like, do something really good, basically. Yeah. It's especially in, in the context of like... Good tactics, I yes. think, often. Like, yeah. yeah. Well played. Yeah. You've played a blinder. Um, yeah. I'm, I can't... I think that, that sums it up, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So we're moving swiftly mm-hmm. on. That's another good sort of filler phrase to have. Moving swiftly yeah, on. Yeah, or like crashing on, especially crashing. when things are really awkward. Yeah. Okay, crashing on. If you've just said something absolutely unacceptable. <laughs> um, okay, so this is this is one that I think we did um, on Instagram as well recently. Oh, yeah. But it's just, I just think it's handy, particularly in this context. In with a shout. Oh, uh-huh. To be in with a shout. Yeah. So here's my example. It's probably too much to expect the UK to do well twice in a row. But I don't know. I reckon May Muller might be in with a shout. Mm. So it basically just means, like, to have a good chance of, of winning or succeeding at something. Yeah, have um, a good chance, like, yeah. Yeah, a good chance. Be likely generally. to sort of achieve something. Yeah, usually in in that context of sort of, like, a competition or mm. or something like that. I hope you're right, because yeah. I think she's a sweetheart, and I, I think it's... She's got a ton of... Tea cake tattooed on her. She has. I wonder what her connection to Scotland. I'm is. desperate to find out more about this. I hope mm. they ask her on one of those sort of cringy um, ad break interviews. I hope. Yeah, or just the in the general story. like Instagram content. There's lots of good Eurovision content coming out at the moment. So That's yeah, so true. hopefully they'll ask her in that. that okay, so carry true. on. But again, yeah, we don't need mm-hmm. to don't need to dwell. Um, okay, so my next one is. To not touch something with a barge pole. Right. <laughs> uh, it's hard to give this sort of dictionary form of mm. that, but you know what it, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. So here's my example. Until recently, most serious musicians in the UK wouldn't touch Eurovision with a barge pole. Mm. <laughs> so it basically just means like you don't want to have anything, anything. to do with it. <laughs> yeah, you you shun something. Mm. Um, quite often. I don't know, you wouldn't, like, say it about a person, would you? Like, I wouldn't... No, you, you no, can't. You would. I, I wouldn't think... touch him with a barge pole. Yeah, if, if someone's a bit gross. And um... is a barge pole literally, like, a big pole that you use when you're in a barge, so, like, a riverboat, 
to like I'm yeah sort of... to like help you along the canal if you get stuck or something I don't know or maybe you know people used to use it before the invention of the engine yeah. maybe people used to <laughs> just oh like God. barge along <laughs> I didn't know this was the history podcast. I feel like the I'm on QI. Um, Thanks, Melvin Bragg. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, but I just I love expressions like that that, mm. that mention something that you have no idea what it is. Yeah, sort of mad archaic language. Yeah. <laughs> just... um, but yeah, I suppose what I was getting at with that is like it was not until recently it would not have been considered like a good career move. No. For a musician, even someone, and I feel I remember. One her entrant one year, a young woman, I can't remember what her name was or what the song was, but I just remember reading an interview with her where she was just having to like sort of sheepishly be like, Look, guys, I know it's crap to be in Eurovision, but like I'm twenty and like I haven't had any other opportunities and this is really exciting Aww. for me. Which just felt really sad that Aww. that was like um yeah, the sort of context she was having to deal with it in. But, so difficult. But again, I think that's something that has massively changed now. There's mm. been, uh, that, that there's just been a huge sea change in the past year. Um Okay, we're getting through these very quickly. Mm, a so fair clip. I have a, one last example, and I think this will prompt a bit more discussion. Okay. And it's a bit of a stupid example since, but I couldn't think how else to formulate right, it. Right, okay. So the phrase is, it'll be all right on the night. Okay, yeah. And what I've come up with is, if Gemini taught us anything, <laughs> it's that actually, sometimes it's not all right on the night. <laughs> So it'll be all right on the night is just a sort of cliche that people say to be like, oh, don't worry. Mm. Like, when it comes to the actual thing that you're worried about, everything will be fine. And have you, um, did you ever watch It'll Be All Right on the Night? Was that like a bloopers yeah, show? Yeah, on, yeah, Was it on the BBC? I think, mm, I think it possibly was on ITV. I get it confused with like Auntie's uh, Bloomers. Yeah, so I think <laughs> Auntie's Bloomers was the BBC ah, version and then maybe this was on ITV. Because the BBC is known as Auntie. Auntie Beeb. Auntie Beeb. Um... But yeah, just sort of showing, yeah, talking through clips where just terrible things happen on television. Yeah, where Anthea Turner got like set on fire by that motorbike or whatever. Oh. Yeah. I've talked to you about this before. Okay, I've also uh, repressed it. It's one awful thing. Or like, you know, the elephant the peering elephant, on the floor yeah, on uh-huh. Blue Peter. Yeah, um, famous uh, kind of incidents that everybody knows about. Yeah, poor Gemini <laughs> in your example sentence. It's so unfair, but... I think they may possibly have been the first in our sort of suite of mm. nul point, uh, because, so, I don't know if it was there was a problem with the earpieces or the backing track, something happened, and the uh, female lead singer, it was a, it was a, a kind of a duo, mm. um, the female lead singer started the song just like really badly out of key, mm. and oh, it was difficult, and the song was called Bye Bye Baby, <laughs> uh, not like... Bye bye. Yeah, not baby. that one. Um, and yeah, it just. Oh, it, it's it was just. I think because we we briefly mentioned this on another episode of the podcast, oh, and I tried to find the clip to put in the cheat sheet, and mm. I think the official Eurovision YouTube account that has like all the clips of all the performances over the years doesn't have that. What do you think, Gemini? Have invoked the European right to be forgotten? <laughs> because I, I don't blame them. No, I don't blame them. Like how... there is a clip on YouTube, but it's it's unofficial. Okay, how um, difficult for them though? Like, oh, I know it's such a shame. It's you know. But unfortunately, yeah. that is one of the things that people really remember about yeah. the UK's Eurovision performance over the years. Poor um, Gemini. 
Yeah, I think that people say it will be all right on the night if you're sort of like if you're nervous about something, yeah. if you're if you're preparing for something that has like a lot of different things that you need to organize. Yeah. But you kind of say like, oh, it'll be all right in the night. It will be okay. You know, things will come together. Yeah. In the moment. I don't know where it comes from. I think it has like an origin, like. Like it is, it is like sort of a quote mm. almost, but people just say it very casually, not yeah. like specifically in reference to anything. But yeah, I think we'll leave it there. I think, uh, although you know, it's an inexhaustible topic. I think we've we've sort of covered the bases uh, mm. on Eurovision. Yeah, we have. Um, but as you say, we we could probably talk about this for ages. Um, but yeah, I think best to call it a night. Um, <laughs> But there will, as usual, be a cheat sheet available with... I think there's a lot of mad cultural references that we've made in this uh, in this episode. So good luck creating that cheat sheet, Murray. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but that will be available to all our Patreon subscribers. And uh, if there's any questions that you have or just things that you want to know more about, then message us through the usual channels, either on Patreon or on our Instagram at NotTheQueensEnglish. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and we will see you next time. Bye! Bye!